You're listening to a Squabble Box podcast. Hello, welcome to the Attack of the Bee Movies podcast. I am, well, the co-host, James, and then we also have... Well, I guess I'm the other co-host, Johnny. I mean, really, uh, we're both hosts, right? I mean, Yeah, pretty much, more or less, yeah. yeah. And like, you know, we got a good one for you tonight. Mm-hmm. That James reminded me of a movie that I thought was far ahead of its time, and a movie that spawned the careers of... Uh, writer Dan O'Bannon, who... He's one of my favorite writers. Yeah, who would go on to write uh, Alien, uh, one of the segments of Heavy Metal, Blue Thunder, Return of the Living Dead, which is one of my favorite zombie movies, Life Force, uh, Invaders from Mars, Total Recall, Mm. Screamers. And I believe Alien vs. Predator was the last thing he wrote the screenplay of before he died. Sadly, he died in 2009. Yeah. Which was sad because I mean, it, Alien was basically spawned out of the movie we're going to talk about tonight. Mm-hmm. And um, this movie started production in 1970 as a school project. Yep. And the other person involved in this is one of my all time favorite directors, and I think one of yours as well. Yeah, I, I would uh, say so. Uh, my Carpenter, mm-hmm. who has, <laughs> I mean, I don't. You, well, you give the rundown of his stuff. I mean, he's done what they live, they from Little China, yeah, you know, Escape from New York, Escape from LA, Halloween, Starbucks, you know, just to name a few. Right? Yeah, I mean, and he, he's also widely known for scoring his own films, yeah, as well. Uh, I think his brother scores them too. Yeah, I mean, like you said, Halloween, Assault on Precinct, Assault on Precinct Thirteen. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's just it's such a long, long list of director, yeah. and he does voiceover work too. Yeah, I, I don't and think he's that... a, he's actually acted a bit too, but he does yeah. voiceover stuff too. Yeah. Fact, there, there's a synthwave band that I'm really fond of, um, named Gunship. They're from the UK. Yeah. And their imagery, much like most synthwave bands like Time Cop 1983 or um, The Midnight or whatever, is very 80s looking. And it reminds, and the name Gunship was an old video game I used to play all the time. Mm-hmm. And it has like the 80s graphics on their logo. I think oh. they're a great band. Now, they do a song that has stop motion for the video. And the beginning, they, they're huge Carpenter fans and they're huge fans of the 80s, clearly, because all their music is very. 80 synth you know which i never thought i'd like as much as i do being a, a metal and punk guy well it reminds me of like a, a happier time i guess i don't know it's just i, I like it you know mm-hmm. but their video there's there's um one of their songs is about like an apocalypse a, a nuclear bomb about to go off or something to that effect and this guy's talking and there's this voiceover and he's saying we had it coming and you know all this stuff the voiceover john carpenter yeah. 
And, you know, their video is like a tribute to John Carpenter, you know. Mm-hmm. So this guy, his head, just huge. For for an actor that, or for not an actor, but for a, um, for a writer and producer and director and sometime actor that has had, that hasn't really had much main, like A-level success, he has had so much influence. Yeah. I, I like, like it, it's funny, like, he works so well with a low budget that mm-hmm. the few times he's been giving a large budget, it seems like it never, he, it, it, he doesn't know really what it doesn't. I don't want to say he doesn't know what to do with it. It just doesn't work out as well. Yeah, I, I would agree. Because he's, uh, you know, like you said, Starman, big trouble, in little China, they live, um, escape from LA vampires. One of my favorite vampire movies, uh, all low budget, great movies. Ghost of Mars, huge budget. Eh, it was okay. Yeah, I didn't. Eh, I, I feel about the same way, you know. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't horrible, but it just wasn't him. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the movie that we're talking about tonight is Dark Star. Yeah. Now it says it's from 1974. It, like I said, it started off. It, it really is the pre predecessor to O'Bannon creating Alien. Mm-hmm. Because in this movie, O'Bannon's character, O'Bannon's in this a lot. Yeah, yeah. Like, he has the most screen time out of anybody in this movie. <laughs> and uh, he he uh, is in charge of this alien he brought on board. Well, let's give some backstory. So the Dark Star, you know, I, I wouldn't doubt that this was the influence for Red Dwarf. Okay. Because wasn't the show Red Dwarf, wasn't that like some kind of ship that cracked planets or something, too? Ah, it had something to do with much of it, so I don't know. I, 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 well, let me. I'm gonna look it up real quick because I'll edit myself out of saying I'm looking it up real quick. Okay. Let's see, Red Dwarf. No, that's that's the kind of star I know that. (laughs) Son of a bitch! (laughs) Did you fall out of your chair? You all right? (laughs) Oh, I I just bumped my computer, but I'm all right. Wait, see, all right. It's a mining spacecraft, the Red Dwarf. Okay. Okay. And um, let's see. First episode sometime in the 21st century. Onboard radiation leak kills everyone except the lowest ranking technician, Dave Lister, who was in suspended animation at the time. Very comedically done the way uh, Dark Star is. Because Dark Star is an action comedy sci-fi movie. Yeah, not really action. Sci-fi. It's almost like, hey, we're going to take 2001. We're going to lampoon it a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's asleep for three million years, and he comes back. And yeah, basically the uh, the ship was either a mining ship or like cracked stars to mine them, something to that effect. Mm-hmm. Which the Dark Star is a ship that drops sentient bombs to destroy planets that are unstable, so they don't destroy themselves after a nearby planet's colonized and put put the planet at risk. Right. Which is a very ahead of its time concept. Well, I say that, but lots of great science fiction was written in the '60s and '70s and late '50s. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I, I thought it was a very, I thought it was a movie ahead of its time, and I thought the plot is great in this. And uh, so, basically, you have a crew of what is it, four guys? Yeah, I believe it's four. I mean, you have Doolittle, Boiler, Calby, and Pinback. Yeah, yeah, pinback and, and the alien, which legitimately is a giant beach ball. 
yeah. <laughs> and they did virtually nothing to hide this fact. And at one point, he he gets fed up with this thing because he's get it like attacks him, and he's chasing <laughs> it through the ship, and then like he almost falls down an elevator shaft trying to catch this thing, and he's like hanging for his life, and the beach ball like jumps on his back and is like tickling his armpits, so he's fall- trying to get him to fall. Mm-hmm. So he shoots this thing, and you just hear. And it deflates and it shoots all over the, the cargo hold. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And he's like, and he, the next thing he's talking, you see him like going to lunch with the other guys down a, a um a ladder, and he's like, yeah, and it just it just deflated. It was made out of gas. Like, how do you guys think something like that's a lot? <laughs> yeah, you know, those it was good. Uh, yeah, yeah. Do little boiler Talby pinback. You did have another character. Commander Powell, who mm-hmm. we find in the beginning had died and was in cryogenic suspension. Mm-hmm. So basically, they're going through space. Yeah, shocking. And they're <laughs> using these bombs, I'll call them bombs, but I think they call them thermostellar triggering devices. Yeah, and they're, and they're they look like rectangles. They don't look like your typical bomb. Yeah. And it's funny because like it's very 2001-ish because the beginning of the movie opens up with them getting a message from Earth, and it says how they're 10... The messages are now taking up to 10 years to get between the two. Mm-hmm. So talk to us more often. And I'm like, so by the time that message gets back, that guy could be dead. Yeah. You know, like, it, 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 there are parts of this that really make you think about like what it would be like in deep space if we don't find a better way to communicate and i always thought it was funny how like in star trek and all the all these shows are like oh there's communication relays okay how's it work well it repeats the communication i'm like i'm a technology guy i'm in the it field and i deal with video cameras and all kinds of shit and fiber optic cable that doesn't make any sense that it would it repeats it yeah i get that it repeats it but how does it make it travel fast enough for virtual communication like we're doing mm-hmm like there's never been, I don't think, a movie or show that explains it. And well, that and wouldn't reception have to be factored in too? Well, yeah, and even ever someone's like, well, they would use lasers. I'm like, yeah, but if you're at if you're at the edge of the solar system, there's still second. It'd still be seconds of delay, you know. Mm-hmm. But if you're outside of our solar system, if you're a light year away, it's going to take a year to have that conversation back and forth. And in these yeah. shows, in these shows and movies, it's just like, did he? Hey, Enterprise, how's it going? Good, you? And no, it doesn't make any sense. Dark Star take, draws a lot from that movie mm-hmm. in that aspect that, you know, and even there's scenes when they're outside. There's there's a few outside shot scenes, and all you hear is when they talk, you hear their, their mics. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the commander dies during a hyperdrive jump, they say, because uh, there's like something shorts out behind his seat and kills him. They've been around, for, they've been out on their own for 20 years. The ship is not big, and I believe they even mentioned that the crew quarters, like the sleeping quarters, got destroyed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And each of these guys is something else. So Doolittle used to be a surfer, right? Mm-hmm. So he's like all like, hey, man. Like he looks like he's a surfer, like the kind of guy you'd expect. They're all, they, it, this is early 70s. You're talking shaggy hair, shaggy beards, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he's a surfer from Malibu. He's got this little organ he made out of bottles. Then you have uh, Boiler, who's the navigator. And Boiler is... He's walk, he walks around with the ship's uh, laser rifle. 
<laughs> just like shoots and like shoots target practice that. throughout the ship. <laughs> like who does that? You know? I yeah, mean, he's, he's always like smoking cigars and shit. And isn't he the one that they that he finds sitting in the lawn chair or in the lawn chair with the Hawaiian shirt on and the fucking light on him? Was was that Boiler or was that Talby? I feel like it was. Talby. That might have been Talby. That might have been Talby. Because I think because I believe uh, Boiler or yeah, Boiler was the one who was you know. Attempting target practice. Oh, that's right. He walked past him with it. Yeah, yeah. With the gun. Uh, We also find out that Doolittle is not Doolittle. Doolittle claims that he was a fuel technician Mm -hmm. and that one day on the job before this mission started, a astronaut who had clearly gone crazy said his name was Doolittle, came running over naked and jumped into one of the fuel pods and died. And he was going to try saving him by putting the suit on. And when he put the suit on, other people saw him and said, Doolittle, you got to get in the ship. We got to go. So in theory, Doolittle's not even the right guy. Yeah. In theory. Uh, yeah. yeah, Boiler's hilarious in a way, though. He's smoking cigars. He's running around shooting uh, target practice. Pinback, mm-hmm. he's always trying to play. Uh... I'm sorry, not Doolittle. Pinback is the fake, not Doolittle. Yeah, that's Pinback that, that, was the, was the fuel, yeah. said he was the fuel technician. I'm sorry, my mm-hmm. bad. Uh, he's always trying to play practical jokes on the crew. He thinks that he's he's he thinks he's helping morale. You get the feeling that they all kind of like each other but hate each other at the same time. Yeah, and they're kind of bored. Yeah, they're, they're bored, they're def- but they're not really boring, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like uh Talby likes spending time in the observation bubble look, looking mm-hmm. at uh some nebula, and then you know. Like I said, uh, Pinback was running after the fucking beach ball. <laughs> it's just hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah so Pinback cool. claims he's, uh, I think was, he was a fuel specialist named like Bill Prug or Prug or something. So they're on their way to the Vale Nebula, I believe it is, because I just watched it. So this is pretty fresh in my mind. I hadn't seen, when you mentioned this one, I'm like, holy shit, I haven't seen this in forever. Yeah, I have a long time, and I have, you know, I have the DVD that I well, the worst, the worst thing is, I don't even know where I saw it. Oh, so this movie came out. This movie hit the theaters in '74, limited release. '75, it like went to LA, but this movie became like this movie. I guess was shown in theaters up until 1980, from what yeah. I read. Like it had Cause this I, cause long I, run because the, the and, theatrical cut is the 83 minute one, and then they had a shorter cut prior to that. Right, and it also, it, it also. Um, it's another movie that became a cult hit mm-hmm. because of video, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, also, I don't remember where the hell I saw it. I don't know if it was Cinemax or Up All Night with Rhonda or I, USA Network. Who knows? I honestly, mm-hmm. I have no clue. Because I, I can like pinpoint like, oh, I remember watching Return of the Living Dead. I was watching it on USA Network on a Saturday night or Friday night at my dad's house when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So I remember some of these, you know, but this one, I remember watching it. I remember the ship. For the life of me, and I remember the beach ball. Yeah, I, I did just too. Couldn't remember where the hell I saw it. So during this uh, jump to the next target, they're hit by like um, it looks like lightning. I guess it's an EMP of some kind or something like that, mm-hmm. because the ship's like dilapidated and falling apart at this point. Yeah, There's constant malfunction. So this causes another one. So this malfunction tells the the bomb number twenty, hey, deploy. And the bomb's like, you got it. And then the computer's like, no, 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 that's not right. You're not supposed to deploy. Mm-hmm. And the bomb and the computer like are arguing. 
I'm like, no, I got the I he I got the message. And they're like, and the computer's like, well, we got damaged and it's false data. You're not supposed to deploy. Yeah. So Bob's like, all right, fine. So the computer's like, oh, I gotta figure out where this is, and the computer's having trouble finding it. And eventually, um Calby starts looking into it too. And they find out it's a failed communicate a damaged communications laser. Now I don't understand why the communications laser is in the emergency airlock, but it is. So Calby finds this out right as they're going on their next bombing run. Now keep in mind all these other events we mentioned earlier are going on coinc- like coinciding with you know on at the same time as most of this. And it's funny when you see the bridge, like they're like crawling over each other to get to the ladders and stuff. Like, yeah, no room to walk anywhere. Yeah, I'm like they're cramped. There's like when they're you know manning and controls, they're you know they're cramped mm-hmm. as well. You know, oh yeah, kind of claustrophobic. You know, yeah, it's amazing that like even as actors, it's amazing they pulled this off. You know, mm-hmm. they're trying. They're going on a bombing run. Halby's trying to fix the laser. He's adjusting it, and it malfunctions and hits him in the eyes. And then it, they kept giving this warning to not walk in front of the laser, and he falls in front of the laser, shorting up. He gets knocked unconscious, and he shorts all kinds of shit out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then the bomb goes to drop. So the bomb, the bomb goes to drop again, but then it like there's a fault, so it doesn't actually deploy. So it's going to mm-hmm. detonate under the ship. And they're like, "No, this is wrong. You got um, you got a." An, I think it's uh, Pinback. It's like, dude, it's wrong. You you need to abort. And the bomb's like, no, I've aborted twice already. I'm tired of this shit. I'm doing it. And basically, the bomb's talking back, and he's like, no, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, the computer, because of the laser malfunction, is fried out. Um, the bomb's like refusing direct orders. So they're trying to figure out what to do. Doolittle says, "I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go talk to the captain, who's dead and in cryogenic suspension. Go figure." Mm-hmm. So they contact him, and he tells them, he tells Doolittle to teach the bomb the rudimentary concept of phenom 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 Oh yes, I remember. I can look. Why don't I look it up? Basically, yeah, look it up. Basically, it's um the concept that what we what we know phenomenology. That's it. Yes, phenomenology. Yes, phenomena. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> phenomena. Uh, but why don't you? Since you looked it up, why don't you? Why don't you explain what it is? So the science of phenomena is distinct from that and the nature of being. Okay. Uh, or the philosophical. I to me, it's more what what I thought he meant was referring to the philosophical study of the structures of experience and consciousness because you know, I'm thinking about the, the bomb right and, and uh, uh, what's his name Doolittle tries to reason with it and, right. he, and you're exactly right that's that's the the part of it he's using mm-hmm. is how do you know your data is correct and that kind of mm-hmm. shit yeah I thought that was like I, I had forgotten about that part I was like oh yeah that's, that's intriguing and it's like and it was okay, the, the bomb going to explode or what? What's going to happen? And you know, yeah. And it's the seventies, so it's a very deep. Uh, I mean, it was a time period when philosophy and psychology was really like you know, mm-hmm. really going. You know, mm-hmm. 
And he's yeah, he's basically telling the bomb, look, you know, what are you what are you basing this on? Do you know what the world the universe is like? Mm-hmm. And the bomb goes, well, I know because of my sensors. Well, how do you know your sensors are feeding you the right data? Yeah, and it, it not to, it's not to be or not to be. It's um, I don't know what the hell is it. It's um, <laughs> I think therefore I am. I think yeah, the, he does say that the lines of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let me just say one thing: the uh, the 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 spacesuits. I don't know how you saw out of the helmets because the neck part of the spacesuit went up to like their noses. Oh yeah, I remember that. It's like that, that's. I'm gonna look at the picture right now. Yeah, it does go up to his nose, but I guess their eyes do have enough room. But yeah, it just seems kind of like I, I don't know. They probably don't have a lot of room to move their heads in there. Now. You know, even if they can see well. It, I, I don't. It just seems kind of confining. I mean, yeah. You know, another interesting line about this was that um, there's an exchange between. So it's Boiler, it's Doolittle, and it's Pinback all sitting there eating lunch. And Boiler goes, "Hey, what's Dolby? What's Talby's first name?" And Doolittle staring at him for a second, and then Doolittle sitting there, and he goes, "What's my first name?" Yeah. Like I because they they because you know you always use last names on in in this stuff. Twenty years down the road, no one remembers what their names are. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was an interesting thing that it's like, wow, you know, I wonder if that would be something that would possibly happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, would you forget who you are in a way? I mean, I would. How I much would've... of your identity do you lose? Yeah, yeah. So he's he's trying to convince the bomb. Not to explode, and it's hilarious because he's like, "Hello, bomb, are you with me?" I'm <laughs> like, "Of course." <laughs> Little's response, I think, was, "Are you willing to entertain a few concepts?" Yeah, yeah. And um, well, this and I and I feel like, um, if you've seen Prince of Darkness, that does have some philosophical discussions in it as well. So I feel like Carpenter, he would go on to develop that further in, in that film. Yeah. You know, I mean, really, I think I think to an extent, even O'Bannon did, because mm-hmm. even in like, yeah, I don't know if I could use this the way I want to, but even in Alien, there's you know, philosophical decisions and stuff mm-hmm. that could be made, right? Like mm-hmm. they could have left a guy on the planet, mm-hmm. you know. There's you know, there's they always they seem to really do play into it a little bit. One mm-hmm. of my favorite lines out of this, I, I'm going to paraphrase it because I think I'll get it right, is. I have good data, and he his response. Doolittle's response is, "How do you know it's good?" or something to that effect. <laughs> so he's out there, and he's coming back in. He convinces the bomb not to blow up. Now, in the meantime, uh, pin back in your buddy. What's the guy? Uh, another guy. Talby? No, no, he's in the airlock, unconscious. Oh, uh, Boiler. Yeah. So Boiler's like, I'm gonna, sh- I'm gonna shoot the, I'm gonna shoot the. Both out of out of it, and it'll fall. To, it'll fall. Oh yeah, I remember that. Which sounds like a perfectly good idea in a way. <laughs> so he's got the laser, and him and him, him and Doolittle is not going to let him do it. Not Doolittle. Um, uh, Pinback's not going to let him do it. So remember, he he like steps on him in the control center because you can't get around people. So he like just walks over <laughs> to get to the ladder. But he's walking through the corridors with this gun. Mm-hmm. And Pinback's like, dude, you're not a good shot. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, no, Doolittle's talking to the bomb. He'll save us. He's like, no, I'm going to shoot it. And they start fighting. It's hilarious. 
It's just it's so it's so funny. The bomb listens. The bomb's like, I need to think about this. And the bomb goes back into the bay, and Doolittle's like, huh, all right, cool. So Doolittle asks, uh, he asks Pinback to open the airlock. Is that right? So you can come back in. I think so. Let's see. Uh, I'm just trying to think about where we are. <laughs> We're basically near the end. It's not a long movie. Yeah. That that seems about right. I believe yeah. he so he has some so they open the airlock, but it's the one that Talby's in, who has just woken up. He wakes mm-hmm. up in time to hear that the airlock's going to open, and he gets launched out of it without his jetpack on. Nah, yeah, and you see yeah. Talby just go launching across. So then Doolittle's like, "Hey, you just launched Talby. Uh, I'm going to go get him, and I'll come back." And in the meantime. I think the laser's back online. Some, something happens where Doolittle starts talking to the bomb again. Not Doolittle. Pinback starts talking to the bomb again. And the bomb starts uh, saying in the beginning there was darkness and the darkness was he like reciting, was it Genesis? I want to say so, yeah. <laughs> and he, uh, and, and they're like, Boiler's like, what the hell's going on? What's he talking about? <laughs> and the bomb's like, reciting that basically it's a suicide message because then the bomb goes in addition to the darkness there was also me and i moved upon the face of darkness and i saw that i was alone Let yeah that's not, yeah that, uh, it's like oh yeah because i remember and i remember there being light yep it just was right. white with no sound mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then the ship that gets destroyed mm-hmm. which which you'd think this is the end and it's oh my god it's, it's still there's still funny stuff after it because pinback's now dead um, the ship's destroyed, the bomb's dead, uh, boiler's dead, and Doolittle and Talby are floating away from each other in opposite directions. And it's it's still funny because Doolittle goes, wait, where was it? What does he say? He says, um, Doolittle goes, the bomb must have gone off inside the ship. And Talby's like, the ship blew up? And Doolittle goes, funny i thought i had the damn thing convinced <laughs> yeah, yeah and then he and then commander powell in a brick of in a brick of ice goes flying by mm-hmm. he's like hey the commander made it and he was flying by <laughs> and the other guy's like yeah he was always lucky so earlier in the movie Doolittle, we mentioned he was a surfer he was talking about how he misses malibu he misses surfing and he wishes he had mm-hmm. his surfboard with him just so he could wax it even just to have some reminder uh, as he's drifting towards the planet, he's drifting towards the planet they were supposed to destroy. So he's going to burn up. And Talby's drifting towards the cluster of whatever it was that he's been admiring. So he he's going to get to see it before he dies, you know. Mm-hmm. And Talby ta- says about that. And then he goes, you know, when you hit the atmosphere, you're going to burn up like a falling star. What a beautiful way to die. I'm like, yeah, it is kind of cool. Then I'm like, except for an extreme pain, Doolittle floats past the wreckage grabs something about surfboard sized and he starts surfing yeah. down into the atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought was very reminiscent of um what's the movie with the nuclear bomb where the guy right where Slim Pickens rides it? Doctor Strangelove? Yeah. Remember Slim Pickens is riding the bomb down? Doctor Strangelove, yeah. Yeah. And he in here he's surfing down to his death. Yeah, yeah. So like... it was kind of reminiscent of that. But I don't know which came out first. I don't I don't remember when Doctor Strangelove came out. Shaq, I thought it was in the sixties. You want to watch a movie that's weird and makes virtually no sense? That's the one. Yeah, nineteen sixty four. 
So it's ten years prior to Darkstar. Yeah. So Darkstar looks like it had some influences from other things. And interestingly enough, there's a scene in it where they show a computer screen and it looked very Star Trek the Next Generation y to me. Oh. Like a little bit of the graphics. Oh, so I was okay. like, I wonder, you know. But man, it, it it's a it's a really good movie. It holds up relatively well. It for low budget for sixty grand, it doesn't look that bad. No, I mean some of the effects they show their age, but I mean I've seen worse. You know, I mean, well, it was a college project. Yeah, I mean that's ridiculous. I mean, it started off as a short film, and then it became you know bigger. It you know like they were like, well, let's make it a full full thing, full thing. You know. Mm-hmm. It won. It won the Golden Scroll Award for Best Special Effects. Mm-hmm. It was nominated for a Hugo Award. You know, it was written by two fantastic <laughs> science fiction and horror minds. Yeah, it was a nominee for a Nebula Award. I mean, it, you know what? What really helped make it was that Carpenter knows how to get the most out of his money on a low budget. Mm-hmm. I think so too. And I think the other part is that O'Bannon knows how to write. Yeah. Like he, like we, the two of them writing together, you had philosophical discussions, you had some comedy, you had this movie that personally I wouldn't mind seeing a remake of this movie, but I'd want it to be almost exactly the same, not like a lot of changes, just updated, you know? Mm hmm. That would be interesting. It, it was, it was like, it was like the first Evil Dead. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was like this little the little movie that could. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I I really like this movie. I really recommend this movie. Yeah, I do too. I mean, I I have very little issues with it, but you know, it's it's worth watching if you haven't seen it. And I and I believe the uh, the theatrical cut is the most common, which that's what I watched. So yeah, I'm not really sure which one I watched. It was on YouTube. Hmm. There is a director's cut. I haven't seen that. Oh, maybe I did. Maybe that's the sh- that might be the short one, but I'm not really sure because I know there's what, three or four cuts. I want to say, yeah. But... So there's a so the original version's 70 minutes. Mm-hmm. Directors is 61 minute. The student film is 68. Sorry, okay, directors yeah. is 71 minute. Original was 68 minutes. So the th- or the original student film. So the um, theatrical is the 83. So that's the one I watched. Yeah, and it was a good pick on your on your part, by the way. Yeah, because I hadn't seen it in a while, and I and I think there's some uh, like chat thing I was on, and somebody you know brought it up, and I and I thought, oh, I should rewatch it, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, it is a it is a quintessential B movie. Yeah, but, but it's it's so good. Yeah, man, John Carpenter, man, thank God he's still around. Yeah, Cecil Bannon's not, but this might have been the grooviest science fiction science fiction movie of the seventies. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was like Playboy magazine covers or something, but they're like, you barely see them. Censored, yeah. I think they're censored. In some versions, I think you do see it. Okay. But yeah, I mean, well, I would definitely, uh, definitely recommend this one. Yeah, check it out if you haven't. Ah, there it is. I have no proof it was false data. You have no proof that it was correct data. And now in today's world where everything is about data, that is one of the most in like that line makes more sense now than ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. People complaining about who they don't know who to believe on the news. They don't know who to believe for this. That that line's re- more relevant now than ever. 
Yeah. So I guess that's it for us, huh? Yeah, I'd say so. I did hit record, right? Not like the one time? I believe it's recording. Yeah, there's a little thing. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. Yeah. Definitely, You guys definitely got to watch it. It's worth watching to see Dan O'Bannon running around the spaceship chasing that damn beach ball. Yeah, and then the, the and elevator then the, bit. Too. Yeah, and then, and then negotiating with the bomb. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm Johnny. I'm James. And uh, you'll hear us again sometime soon. And thanks for listening. You've been listening to a Squabble Box podcast.